Welcome to Octagon Odds. We talk about MMA, gambling and betting. So if that's not up your street, well, we don't really want you anyway. Hello, welcome back. Octagon Odds is here once again with a massive card to preview. UFC 271, easily the biggest card of the year so far. I'm Adam Russell, back again this week is Ross Beaumont, George Hardy Chaps. How are we doing? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Feeling good? Yeah. Hello, everyone. Once again, hopefully you've returned. If not, if you're a new face, then welcome. Yeah, welcome back to everybody. We're ready for a new episode of... That's when someone goes... I, I feel like you've just forgotten... I feel like you just forgotten the name of the podcast for a minute, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise no. you were like set, you were setting us up for something. But, I was setting um, you up, yeah. Fair enough. One of the things that we can start on is uh, looking back because, as well as looking forward, I believe, unless I'm wrong, last week's card was the start of eight consecutive weekends of UFC cards, as far as I'm aware. So it's going to be hectic, to say the least, over the next few weeks. It's going to be lots of tough stuff for us to talk about, lots of fights for us um, to dissect. But we'll start with Sean Strickland taking um, a majority decision over Jack Manson. Um, at USC Vegas 47 boys what did we make of it what did we make of the performance and also specifically what did we make of the scoring um, well the thing that stood out to me most was um, the fact like how serious Sean Strickland was you know there wasn't really, until the last like 30 seconds there was no talking you know what I mean like he, he knows he's up there with the big dogs Manson's no joke and it was a great fight to be fair um, pretty, pretty even I'd, I'd agree with what was the actual scoring if that's what you it was two two judges to one gave it to Strickland, and um, one of oh, them, yeah, yeah, one of them scored it 49 46. Hermanson. Yeah, yeah, I remember that actually. That was, yeah, obviously, that's a bit mental to Hermanson as well, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, what, yeah, I just think it, it's sometimes it, like it's kind of funny when we get away with it in situations like that, but if one of the other judges sees it. it you know, straight down the middle, for example, or in a slightly different way, like or if another like another judge makes the same set, we end up in a situation where Sean Strickland essentially loses a fight that he definitely won and like clearly won. What's the solution and though to like the open, judging open, problem? I think open scoring or more a, judges. Open scoring. Five judges, exactly. So that if if two make an error or a two score it like badly let's say then the other three score it right then it would go still theoretically go in the right yeah. direction but okay. how weird is it think of any other sport in the world yeah think of any other sport where they don't know what score it is the, yeah no it, it, it is i agree it's not... absolutely archaic it's a box it's, it's like they've adopted boxing's way of doing it it doesn't really work but yeah you've, you've raised some good solutions to be fair but i've always just thought like people always say that but what is how do you fix that? Like, what do they do now? Or even have like, like, charge as well, isn't it? Like, even have like actual martial artists as the judges. I've like. always thought that as well. Like, retired martial artists would be good, wouldn't they? Yeah. Or even maybe. Yeah, even retired. Not even always retired. Uh, yeah, a lot of the problem with that is, I believe the individual state athletic commissions provide the judges. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the problem is that they're not being provided by, yeah, if the UFC was providing judges, they'd probably, like you say, provide five ex-fighters, yeah, like five experienced fighters 
but because it has to be done through. And a lot of these um, athletic commissions were set up principally to be boxing athletic commissions too. So they're not, and, and obviously MMA is a reasonably new sport, so they're not actually Yeah, so just take time. With, yeah. Yeah. You'd hope it would improve in time, but think yeah. about like it's a, baby, a basketball sport. game, for example. Like imagine playing a basketball game and going into the last quarter and none of the players know what score is. Like completely, yeah. like if you're up by ten or down by ten, that completely effect, like that completely changes how you would approach that last quarter. Do you know what I mean? You either go out there really yeah. aggressive or so yeah. it works in fighting. Like imagine in a five round yeah. fight, knowing that it's two two after two and not three one to you or three one to your opponent, because that changes how you go about the fight. Surely, yeah, definitely agreed. I guess you can kind of. You kind of get fighting. It's a weird one though because those those sports that you name, they are clearly you can clearly earn points in them. Whereas in MMA, the point system is a bit unclear. So it's like like that whole that whole thing. If you want to give someone an update on what how they're doing, that whole thing needs to be restructured really. Because it's like it'd be like now and now then it, then it gets into like what do you get points for and stuff. Because it's vague. Do you know what I mean? It's not vague in football or basketball. What gets it's, your not point. That, it's not that vague in MMA because it's not like it is because you it, sometimes you get scored for like in a, in a different fight you'll get scored for your ground control more than you will in another but that's not one. Necessarily I mean? whereas in football you put the ball in the back of the net you've got a point you know what yeah, I'm saying sure but like for example if a 10-8 in in the in MMA rules a 10-8 round is given when the one one fighter was especially dominant and arguably could have finished the fight or the fight could have been stopped, that equals a 10-8 round. Like a 10-9 round is where, okay, they didn't look like they were going to get the finish, but they dominated the round. And like there are like set parameters to the score, and it's not like, oh, a takedown is a point. And like like you say, like a punch is two points. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't, obviously doesn't yeah. work like that. So I think it could work, mate. Like the judges, so you have the five judges, open score at the end of the round, during that minute, they post their score for the round and it just, we can all see, the coaches can see, the fighters can see, fans can see who's winning and who's losing, like at what at what point? Because at the minute, like, we're all, like, we argue over who's who's winning the fight. Like, everyone has a different take on it. Like, no one can actually principally say, like, okay, F, this person is winning the fight as the judges see it. It's all just how, how we see it. Maybe that some people probably like that. I don't know. Like, it's just... I think I mean, there has to be something we can do to to make judges more responsible for the scores that they're given as well. Because at the end of the day, it's these fighters' lives that they're messing with, Career. especially legacy. Yeah, yeah, especially lower down these UFC cards, mate. Like if you lose, you know, if you're on a run through the UFC rankings, whatever, like you're an unranked fighter, you've got a few wins, and then you get a dodgy score loss, that sets you back massively in your career, and it all yeah. mate, it takes t- takes food off people's plates. So. These judges have got to be at least held accountable for the scores that they're giving. Yeah. I think. I feel like it's not even that infrequent that issues like this happen. Like no, it's quite, not. quite a lot, we we're, we're talking about these sort of things that happen. And yeah, like I said, it's it's fighters' livelihoods that are at stake, and you know, it's actually the life in it. And yeah, it's, it's all riding on on this big night. That yeah, if something just fucks up like that, then they're massively affected. But not much we can really do as fans. Yeah, there is no. though. That's it. We talk about it. Yeah, um, I guess. Yeah. Just, just, just the idea of it of circulating um, 
circulating issues inside a sport that we love is good because it'll just iron out the eventually it'll iron out all the creases because it's quite a young sport now and like remember in the 90s it was seen as um very like proper barbaric and, and like no rules yeah. and like a proper fringe yeah. sport but now it's much more cage fighting Ooh. yeah <laughs> but now it's much more much more mainstream now so much more mainstream and it's and it'll just be you yeah. know the, the It'll get ironed out as it goes on. But the problem with that is, is it'll become more boring. It's a bit like, like all sports kind of do when everyone gets really good at them and perfect at them. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Over time, um, I think over time yeah, when people like, learn how to counter each other and stuff like that, it gets more like robotic. Do you know what I mean? And less creative. Yeah, I get what you mean. It kind of happened. It happens like in football. Like the more tactical yeah. it gets, the less the less every sport ever people are. Like, because people get better yeah. at it, but being better at a sport is being as efficient as possible. It's not being as like flary as possible. Yeah. So eventually, everyone just becomes efficient, like yeah. robotic. That's all. That's all sports work. Listen but... to so the the rules for the for UFC one bare knuckles only, no weight classes, no judges, no time limits or rounds. Fights were won only by knockout submissions or thrown in the towel. <laughs> Yeah, I guess the original idea was like which martial art is best. Yeah, yeah that was it. Was, yeah. It was like it. we'll yeah, put yeah. a karate guy against a jujitsu guy. You know, so that guy gets one. his arm gets put in that crucifix and he gets fucking. Yeah, wow, I can't remember who it is, but is it Royce yeah. Gracie that just? It could be Royce Gracie. Is it Royce Gracie that just like messed everyone up and he just like would go? And, yeah, because like, nobody knew what jujitsu was. Yeah, really. yeah. It was like yeah, proper, yeah. proper like out there, and he would just what, wrap people up what is yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and he'd oh, yeah, up against big fat gee, boxers yeah. who'd never been on the ground in their life and they thought they were going to bang him out and they're just fucking crucified by this getting their heads flushed such a boss yeah. move and it just lying down on the mat with your gear being like come on then come yeah. get me big imagine boy. if like not obviously not all the rules were the same but the, the no no time limit all rounds imagine some of the fighters that would shit imagine like the Diaz brothers and like Tony, they'd be shining yeah. from the brand, do you know what I mean? And like Max and just these guys with mad cardio. Mad cardio, yeah. Yeah, that would just like shine. I guess them. that speaks to the point though, like you say, George, that the sport is ever evolving. And the, I think in some in a few years' time, we'll like be looking back and be like, remember when you didn't know you used to know what the score was going into the last round and everyone was fucking yeah. guessing. Yeah. Like, how many times have you heard a fight like in the corner being like, Bro, you're winning this fight, man. All you gotta do yeah, is get to the bell and you're gonna win this fight. And everyone else watches like he's not winning the fight. What are you talking <laughs> about? Like, imagine like I think it's just we'll look back on in time and be like, Yeah, that seems that seems silly that we didn't know. But on more positive news, big Sean Strickland up to number six in the in the middleweight rankings. Obviously, it's a very hectic division, and we're gonna be talking more about it and a couple of other um contenders in that division, but who do we potentially match Sean with now? Paolo Costa doesn't have a fight at the minute. Marvin, so headline that Costa don't want to fight anymore. But it was just like a brief little headline I scroll past. So I didn't just something I've been thinking about a bit, but don't know how reliable that's. Yeah, all. it seems like it, the boy is he messed with his brain really, didn't he? Yeah, it's kind of well, no, let, let's say he's in. Um, obviously, Canada Brunson third and fourth are fighting. Um, yeah, other than that, above Strictly, you've got Costa or Vittori, in it. Other than the, yeah, Marvin, yeah. oh, it's a big, big night for middleweight, in it. I didn't actually realize the the scale that it was. Yeah, Champ, exactly. Champ it? Fighting in third and fourth, for both fighting up like in the yeah. same. Night. It's no, it's no coincidence that they're fighting on the same card, really, either, is it? Not really, no, but it's big that 
so yeah, sure. Well, it obviously depends how that title fight goes. For and we'll talk about obviously we'll talk about Brunson and Canada a bit more in detail, but that's only a number one contender fight if Izzy wins. Because if Izzy loses, that's going to hold up the whole process then. Because Izzy obviously gets a straight rematch if he loses. So it would, yeah, yeah, unless Izzy chose to take a break after losing before his rematch and let. It's only a number one contenders fight if, if Izzy wins. Yeah, yeah, Izzy's true. Win. True. Well, talk about that later. I know. Um, before we go on to talk about the fights, because busy card, um, one of the busiest of the year so far. Um, I believe we got some news that we want to discuss. Oh, we want to do news first, do we? I think we should do news. Let's get out of the way because we got right. a lot of a lot of fights and a lot of bets to talk about. So Who's as we spoke some about news. Well, as we spoke about in previous episodes, we're mixing the formula up a little bit, and every week now we're sort of preparing to do a little bit, a little bit MMA news, keep you all updated, talk about some of the our opinions on current matters because it's always important to keep up to date. Wouldn't you agree, um, Ross or Adam? Yeah, you know me. I'm always uh, scrolling through my Twitter feed and sending you boys uh, every latest announcement as soon as I see it. So. Yeah. So, oh yeah, it's good. It's good to keep up today. It gives us a better outlook on sort of matchmaking. You're like thinking about who's going to fight who and sort of what's going on in like real life. Talk to me. So, with Hardy. that said, where do we start? Um, one place that I do want to start because obviously we've mentioned him a couple of times when he's David Brunson mentioned recently that he is going to retire in two fights, win or lose. So that's what the rumours are saying, but I see Adam shaking his head, so I don't know what you're doing with me. Um, it's not that I disagree that that will happen, but I feel like he's potentially just cost himself a title fight. Like, these are not the things you say no, to, Dana, to Uncle Dana if you want to get yourself a title fight, because what if if, the, if he's got two more fights left, he's got one on Saturday night, and then he wants to fight for the title, well, then what happens if he wins the title? You've got no champion. Why the hell would Dana put him in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not when he's got other Maybe contenders. Maybe he not care, though, anymore. Maybe that's it. Dana, yeah. if 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 he honestly thinks if that he'll if Dana honestly thinks he'll retire after a title fight, then he won't give him one. He'd yeah, give it to true. another contender. He'd give it to Sean Strickland, we've just talked about another contender. Like yeah. there's always someone else. Like I just think if he's been serious, weird, like mm. I, I just wouldn't have said it personally. Mm. It just seems weird. Yeah, it seems to be out of the blue as well. But I don't know. Sometimes they do this stuff, don't they? Like oh, I'm not going to fight anymore, and then they do anyway. So. That was one of the things that certainly uh, cropped up when I was doing my prep for this fight. It's just like how experienced Derek Brunson is and like how long he's been around. Well, his win streak we were talking about before, he's been been winning for a bit now since Izzy fighting it. Five in a row since Izzy, yeah. But I remember him fighting Robert Whitaker a long time ago and getting knocked out charging forward because he was always known for that charging forward kind of style, wasn't he? But now he's tempered it. I don't know if he's tempered it, but he's more, he just he leans on his wrestling more now, I feel like. I was going to say, definitely, again, trying to skip it, jumping ahead, but um, one of the things that yeah, I'd pulled out was that, yeah, definitely leaning on his wrestling um, yeah. more. He landed up into the Izzy fight. He landed only two takedowns in the 10 fights, up to and including the Izzy fight. And then since the Izzy fight, he's landed 19 takedowns in the five fights following. Yeah. So and he's been dominant as well. And he's always a good wrestler. He just, I think he just yeah. the striking's not there. He just seems to run forward with his head in the air and his arms down. He gets yeah. Yeah. So, he beat Romero back in the day, one of the best wrestlers in the world. 
which is mate. But Brunson's got some. There's some. There's, there's there's a winner in Brunson, so we'll see how it goes. And this two yeah, fighting thing could be on fire, isn't he? He's actually on fire. Yeah, yeah. yeah so well, yeah. well, well then Derek Brunson news. Who have you got? I've got. It's not really news, but it's something to share with the audience. Um, that we were unfortunately unsuccessful in getting tickets to UFC oh, London, no. despite yeah. my and Ross's. Um, significant attempts. I did manage, however, to get two tickets in the basket at one point, um, £875 each, which we didn't pay because pretty extortionate, obviously. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Um, to sit in the in the back, the cheaper seats, right? And I was <laughs> yeah, doing some... Quid. So what we've yeah, done instead right. is what we've done instead is it's cheaper is we've rented a helicopter that's just going to flow over the stadium all night. <laughs> you know, it's indoors. No, what so, I did look at yeah, it was... We could have bought um, two tickets to Benil Dariush and Islam Makachev at UFC Fight Night. Uh, no, sorry, it's not that one because it's not the next one. The next fight night that's in front of the crowd, I forget which one it is. Um, and flown to Las Vegas to watch it for less I was than say, yeah, it's not 800, £875. Yeah. So Next time we think we want to go to a, a, a UFC card, lads, let's just look at Vegas instead. Yeah, let's go to let's go yeah. as far away as possible. <laughs> yeah, because it's extortionate around here, lads. Anyway, enough about British economy. All about we'll... ticket touts, to be honest. They all just get they all just get bought out by ticket tout websites. Yeah, and like yeah. within two hours of being sold seven on million these sites. Each. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So. It's not just sport where that happens. Obviously, it happens at music events and, and other stuff as well, but it's just a bit grim for the, the actual fans that want to go and they end up paying way over the odds for, for tickets. And, like, we obviously say we won't pay £175, but there'll be people out there that will and, and can yeah. do so. And, like, it's still a shame for them even that they have to pay that much, but... Yeah. Hey, yo. Ayo. We go right. again. We'll be watching. We'll be watching it at home anyway, won't we, lads? Yeah, we'll, look like, we'll be watching together at home. <laughs> yeah, we'll be supporting the Brits either way. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, That's nice time as well. Bad news. Yeah. So the next news piece we have is actually, actually, interestingly, the next two are about money. <laughs> um, just to show how deeply rooted the game is in the in the money. Um, Chad Chad Mendes has said in in the news recently that for his fight with bare knuckle FC that he's got coming up, he's getting paid double on Garnu's heavyweight world champion fight purse. And he said that I don't know how true that is, but if that is true, that's a joke. And that links back to what we've been saying for weeks. Yeah. There's some good newsing from you. I like that. I saw that story as well. I thought it was interesting. I wonder how true it is. Mm. Um, yeah. You, like, like, you could never take him. But like, there's without there's no fire without smoke. There's no smoke without fire. Which was says no, yeah. and it's not uncommon for for early promotions in MMA and boxing to like take a loss on on events and yeah. like on certain fighters, yeah. and it helps build double, their profile overall. Double, double what the heavyweight yeah. champions getting by? No, I know there's no way he's getting one point two mil to fight. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. But yeah, it might not be double, but it must still be a significant figure to even throw that sort of accusation out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Agarlu said he was paid six hundred k for his last UFC fight. Which yeah. I said to you the other day, didn't I? Like, in the context of Dillian White being offered eight million to fight Tyson Fury, and Tyson Fury's making the same noise at Engarnu, 
Like yeah. for him, surely it's a no-brainer. Like he's got to go and box. Yeah. If that's if all he yeah. wants to do is make a lot of money, then he's got to go and box. Interestingly enough, no, the next news piece links into this whole like this whole conversation because it's actually that on Adesanya signed a new deal, multi-fight deal with the UFC, and it's made him one of the top-paid MMA athletes of all time. So it's like, how much is he getting paid? Would you reckon? Still, I haven't seen any know. numbers. Yeah, I haven't seen any numbers disclosed, but yeah, I think apparently lucrative. Who, who do we think's more of a draw at this stage in the career, and Garnu or, or Adesanya? Adesanya, I reckon. Um, I think I'm inclined to agree. I'd lean more towards Adesanya. Close, think yeah. more yeah. casual, like more casual sports fans know. I think Adesanya than Garnu yeah. at the minute. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd say Adesanya. Adesanya's been a bit quieter recently, and Garni's been like more in, in on the scene. So that's probably why Ross is saying he doesn't know. I reckon in the grand scheme of things, Adesanya's been the fa- like face of the UFC for the past like two years. I reckon now. Yeah. Maybe with a bit of a Masvidal break for like three months. <laughs> and you sort of you sort of rarely see or hear Izzy kind of speaking bad about the company or, or speaking out on on certain issues. Um, there was a little mention of. Um, when this release came out, I think it came from his management company, Paradigm. Um, and he, there was a little comment in there about hopefully this starts, it starts the process of like tr- trickling down to other athletes. Um, but like, yeah, he, he's a model champion for the UFC, so it doesn't surprise yeah. me that they're investing in him. Like, he sort he's of perfect. ticked all the boxes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he ticked all the boxes, man. Like he's got, he's got that, he's got the the, the ability is the main thing. The ability is off the charts, craziest striker I've ever seen. The personality's there, like whether yeah, you love him, him, yeah, he's out he's there. Got his own platform now, like he's yeah, building dramas on YouTube. He's like, like the dances and intros and stuff that he does to his fights, just off the charts yeah. because it's just like, like he, you might think he's a bit cringy, but it's like that's exactly what they want in it. They want like a performer as well yeah. as, as a fighter. He's, he's sick at both. Yeah, he's sick at both. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me that that Dana's nailed him down to a to a new deal. He's at a great age, and like I say, he ticks all the boxes. So, yeah, I, who knows? Hopefully, we'll see some numbers at some point. But I haven't seen any numbers yet to say like where he is in terms of Engarni. But we're blessed to have been to live in this era of new age fighters. Like we're seeing the UFC like birth into something greater. With like Ngannou and Adesanya and Usman and stuff, and it's just like, yeah. And it's... That brings me to the other point, the other news point I had for you, George. Um, was that I put a screenshot in the chat today, and I mentioned it on the pod a few weeks ago, and we said that Usman wouldn't fight um, Adesanya because they're boys, and that's kind of what he said again. But it was, I think it was last week or the week before, his manager Ali Abdelaziz was talking, and he was like, if it was up to me. Like, I would totally let them fight. Like, they'd make yeah. a shit ton of money. And, like, I don't really think they're best friends anyway. Like, they're friends, but not best friends. Um, and then Adesa- um, sorry, Usman, who is recovering from a hand operation at the minute, um, did an interview and he's saying, like, I said it before, like, Adesanya is a fellow Nigerian, a good guy. I like him. I like his approach. I've said it before. I'd rather have two Nigerians have belts than one Nigerian with two belts. But then he says, if Dana sits us down and says, Here's a hundred million. Hey guys, let's split it up. At that point, Israel and I would have to talk. Um, like, hey, let's go out there and here, make let's make this money. 
So he kind of opens the door a little bit. Yeah, he's, like yeah, he he's basically saying, if Dana gives me the amount of money that Dana's never given anyone or ever will give anyone, agreed. I'll, I'll, I'll but do it. I don't know if, if 100 million is like an accurate number. I don't know how big the number would have to be. But if yeah, Dana yeah, yeah. was so inclined to make them a very a tasty offer, like more money yeah. than either of them have ever made in their careers, and said, let's do I'm sure they'd champion that. against champion. I think maybe that's what this lucrative deal is. Maybe Usman's going to get a lucrative deal soon, and it'll be like you get five more fights in UFC, but you have to fight each other at some point in that clause. <laughs> at some point, yeah, yeah. yeah. More news like, on, uh, on Usman though. Him and Leon Edwards targeted for UFC 276 in July. Yeah, nice, nice, nice one. Rocky, Rocky, Rocky deserves his chance, man. He does deserve yeah, a chance. I, yeah, he does. I agree. Yeah, defo. What's it on now? Nine. Yeah, I guess there's one, one no contest in there as well, isn't there? Against Benio, yeah. But I do think Osman's going to hand him a beating, but I do, re- I do think he's going like, to. He'll show up, but Osman will yeah. enjoy him. He's boss. Yeah, I think Osman. I think Osman will beat him as well, but Leon deserves to fight for the yeah. title. Yeah, right? it definitely deserves to be there. Definitely deserves to be there. The segue is great it, again, though, Ross. We skip from you know. Izzy to Usman to Izzy and back and what we do here on odds. So we do here flow flow. I was about to say flow aperture then. Come for the odds and stay for the segues. Oh yes. Right. Well, any more news, boys, before we take a break? And, I, and I'm I'm all I'm all out of news um, right now. But have any anyone else? No, no, I'm, I'm good on news. Cool. All right. Well, then we'll take a short break and we'll uh, we'll come back and we'll start previewing UFC 271. Big card coming up. Adesanya Whitaker for the middleweight belt. We'll be back shortly. And we're back for part two, Octagon Odds, and we are previewing UFC 271, the second numbered pay-per-view of the year, headlined, of course, by a huge rematch at middleweight. Israel Adesanya defends his middleweight belt once again against Robert Whitaker, against the man he took the belt from a little over two years ago. Boys, it, this is high, high-level MMA. Top level, yeah. Like, Two of my favourites as well. Yeah. As yeah, good Whit- as it gets. Yeah. Whitaker's the one to do it. If if anyone in that division is, it's all it's Whitaker. As we've seen, like no one else is can really do out. As with I remember Whitaker couldn't do out either, to be honest. But it's it's been it? a long, long time, and Whitaker's been it? training hard. It's uh, weird in contrast and- to the last fight where I was so sure that Whitaker was going to win it because uh, he just kept beating everyone. I'm now so sure that Adesanya is going to win it. So actually, actually, who knows what's going to happen? That's MMA. Mm. <laughs> I mean, to speak of how high level these two are, um, in their last twenty combined middleweight fights, they've faced a who's who of middleweight contenders from Yoel Romero, Paolo Costa, Anderson Silva, Derek Brunson, Marvin Vittori, you know, you name it in that middleweight division, these two have faced them in their last 10 fights. And between them, they've won 19 out of the 20 of those fights. And obviously the one that Robert Whitaker lost was to Israel Adesanya. Yeah. Crazy. It's like Messi and Ronaldo shit, that, you know what I mean? Like two... It's like Volkanovski and Max, isn't it? You know what the sporting analogy I'd made in my notes um, was? And that Robert Whitaker is the Andy Murray of the UFC. (laughs) Like, if Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer didn't exist, 
Andy yeah. Murray would have won about 20 Grand Slams. Like, he yeah. was that good. Like, he would have won so many Grand Slams. But unfortunately for him, that he lived at a time where there was just better out there. In his case, there was three better. But in Robert Whitaker's case, like, he is the best middleweight in the world. If not for Adesanya. Except for Israel Adesanya. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It's like, yeah, it's just... Just one of them, but it's great that we get to see him fight again. And you can never count Whitaker out. Like he could, he could, like he's such a smart intellectual fighter. Good, good game planning. Just great, efficient with his moves and stuff like that. He could yeah. probably figure something out if if anyone's going to do it. Robert Whitaker will, like you said. Yeah, it's going to be. Let's very- talk about that first fight because there's a lot, of, probably a lot of lessons to learn. I think from that first fight, isn't there? Like, yeah, how you know a good a bit of time has, has passed since I think it was October 2019, the first fight. Like, how do you two both like look back on that fight now? Like, how how do you see it and reflect? On I it think I think that Whitaker, I think Whitaker going into that fight saw what Gastelum did to Adesanya, which was like get win a few couple of rounds. Probably thought what Gastelum landed a head kick on him. I can because I head kick everyone, um, and he Gastelum was rushing in a lot. But I think what Izzy does is when he has a fight, and if it's his particularly difficult fight, like Gaston's, he goes, right, well, I'm going to patch that hole. And he came back after the Gaston fight and he patched that hole. So he's ready for someone to rush in and use that same game plan. Because he's like, people are going to think that's how you beat me now. And then Whitaker implemented that game plan and got beat. So it's just a case of Whitaker figuring it out now. It's a different, different landscape now because it's like, Izzy will be thinking, maybe he'll go for wrestling because that's what Jan did. But I don't know. Whitaker's, you said that Whitaker's done a lot of wrestling in, in, in his camp, Ross. So, yeah, not even just in his camp, like on, on Instagram. For, like, for especially like the last two years, I've just noticed so much wrestling and jujitsu from Whitaker. Like, hardly even seen him kickboxing on his Instagram, and like, he's pretty active on it. Um, so I think that's that that is the way to beat Izzy, isn't it? You're not striking with Izzy and beating him. But I think, I think with Izzy, though, it could be that. One of them things again, like how uh, Jan is just a lot stronger than him as well. So I, I think I think he's going to be one of them where yeah. Whitaker isn't as comfortable on the floor against as you think he is because Izzy is the same type of guy as Ngarnu, where it's like there's a hole to patch. He's going to put 110 percent of his time to patch that hole. When he comes back, he's going to have something different. Do you know what I mean? It's going to be it's going to be different. Yeah. To be fair, Whitaker wouldn't be the first person to like look at Adesanya and just be like. Oh, I'll just take him down then. Like, that's how I yeah. win. Like, I just take him yeah. down. But at middleweight in particular, no one's actually really found it that easy. Like, and it's one thing to get him down, but as we saw in the Marvin Vittori fight, keeping him down and taking significant advantage of the moments when you are on the ground is not the same thing. Like Vittori took him down officially on the scorecards four times, but he was never able to really advance the positions that much, never really able to do that much damage. And ultimately, we, all, I think Izzy won 50-45 on all the cards. Like, So yeah, even it. if I think even if Whitaker is able to get him down, it's whether he can keep him down for long enough to, to make advantage of it and whether or not by focusing, overly focusing on the wrestling, it you know takes away some of the opportunities for him to, to damage Izzy on the feet. And because... I think the problem, one of the things I think is quite significant in the first fight that maybe goes a bit underappreciated is the fact that Izzy's range advantage is significant. Like seven inch yeah. reach advantage yeah, is, is a lot. And well, especially, well through, like you say, when what Whitaker did so badly, I guess, in that first fight was like jumping into the pocket with Izzy and jumping into yeah. Izzy's striking range. 
yeah and to be fair to izzy reached on the night like a level of counter striking that you rarely see like he was so so good on the yeah. night i always the, the picture that stays with from that fight is like not the one that knocked him out but um just to the fact that that counter checked right hook he was doing like, yeah, we're leaning back and throws the hook in it. yeah yeah and he, he was landing it all night it's on costa as well with it, but is he always throws punches? I always think when I watch him, he throws punches in in the gaps where you, where you don't the way you, where people don't throw punches. It's like that's like gap where you're not expecting a punch is where he throws one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like an, like like a timed counter punch that you wouldn't normally do, but it's perfect. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. It's hard to explain, but it's like he uses the gaps. <laughs> he's like a ninja. Yeah, he's just a bit too. I think fast. For like for Whitaker, like like you said before, George Whitaker lands that one-two head kick on bare heads. But I just and you just move back every time, like he's easily like his reactions are too quick to be throwing big things like that. Whitaker needs if he's gonna strike, he needs to do proper quick, but and like try and maybe get in the pocket and get in his range. But that's not really how Whitaker fights. Like he's that's, like, that's why he lost the first one, getting the pocket, trying to get into the pocket too quickly. But I think what he was doing was jumping into the pocket and yeah like strike, jump, whereas yeah. maybe with yeah and like maybe with this one it'll be a more you Gradual. know oh he'll shoot a double leg work and like get, get him and get into the cage bit of clinch work you know a bit of dirty boxing inside boxing and stuff and try and limit Riz, izzy's advantage with the reach that way like get close to him not just get into yeah. the pocket and yeah. try and land strikes yeah um i think we all agree that if he's just going to go out there and try and kickbox izzy again then he's going to lose again yeah, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, you can't beat Izzy in a kickboxing fight. You can't. Like, it's not. No, and Whitaker knows that. I think that's why I think he's focused so much on his grappling. Like since that, is he lost? He's. He, I reckon he's fought like right. I want to be champion again, and striking is not the way to do this because I can't strike this guy. Um, so I'm just gonna have to be able to out wrestle him, and I think that's gonna be his mindset. I have to do that, and that's what he's been grinding and. Yeah, I think that's his. Obviously, it's his. It's his way to victory, but I think that will be his game plan. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Like, surely, yeah, that has to be the game plan. Obviously, like I say, in the Vittori fight, um, like, yeah, he had the similar, the same game plan. You know, copy Jan's way of doing it. But I just think that gap, that step up from 185 pounds to 205 pounds to fight Jan is the biggest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If any two weight classes. Yeah. I think I Jan weighed that. in on the night at, at like 225 pounds, which is above the heavyweight yeah. limit. And Izzy weighed in at like 195 pounds. We're yeah. talking about a 30 pound weight advantage on the yeah, night. Yeah, and that's what won in the fight. Whitaker won't, won't have. That's what won Jan exactly. the fight. So I just, I don't, yeah. Do we I don't think, think he'll be able to take him down that easily. Then? Nah, definitely not. I think, I don't, I don't think Whitaker is uh, naive enough to think he, he, he will as well. Like, that kind of statement is like a uh, to get him thinking about the rest of them, I reckon, more than anything. Maybe he'll use that as, like you said, a way to enter and into, into like landing some punches. Let's stage. not forget, is Adesanya is, is elite, and probably the most elite striker I've ever seen. But Whitaker is a great striker, yeah. Whitaker's like he, such a good striker, so yeah, so like good. incredible, yeah. Um, very good land. And we talk about Whitaker getting better, but also. Ross, do you think that Izzy has got better in every fight that we've seen? And I, the thing I always think about Izzy now is he's so much calmer as a striker than he's. There's, 
that he, you know, never overextends. He just waits for the fights to come to him and he'll just pick people off. Like he's so calm and striking now, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, an interesting one is the age difference. A lot of people would think that Whitaker's older. I did at first, but he's actually younger. He's got About a year in it. Just a year, yeah. But I think it's more like two years when it's actually oh to July. Izzy has a very uh, youthful energy about him, whereas Whitaker's much more like a family man. Obviously, spent a lot of time kickboxing and then came to the sport later on in his career, I guess as well. Whereas like Whitaker's kind of yeah more traditional. Yeah, been around. Yeah, Izzy yeah. feels still feels kind of new. Feels like a bit of a new product still. Yeah. Even after all this time, like all these fights he's done, it's because of the amount of fights he's done in such a short period of time. Like, when did he join the UFC? It was 2018. February February 2018 was his first fight. Fucking crazy, Look, mate. He Look where won he is the belt. Now. He won the belt six fights later in uh, October 2019. So, like, what? 20 months, uh, 19, 20 months later after joining, he was champ. And then, yeah, obviously. And now he's got one of the most lucrative deals in UFC history three years later. Yeah, and he's looking for a fifth, a fifth defense of his belt. He's starting his second lap around the middleweight division. Like, if he beats Whitaker for a second time tonight, uh, sorry, on Saturday night, he's just beaten Vittori for a second time, and then it's probably Derek Brunson who he's already fought. Like, it's what he's doing is just unbelievable. Like, we're talking about a potential greatest middleweight of all time, which is mental because we've had quite a lot of pretty great middleweights as well. Yeah, hundred percent. And he's also a middleweight you can look at and you can look at his accomplishments and, say, accomplishments and say, yeah, mint. But you also look at his ability and it's like, yeah, he probably could be any middleweight in history of the ability that he's got now. And like you said, he gets better every time. So you can expect him to to, to get even better at his takedown defence, even better at his ground game and stuff like that because he will work on that shit. I bet you he's, mm. I bet you he's good on the ground. I bet you Whitaker gets him down and he's good. Yeah, we already know he's his career so we do, but you'd think you'd think Whitaker would control him on the ground more so, wouldn't you? But I don't think it'll be like that. I don't know. Um it's hard to say. Like I say, I think I think Whitaker's been absolutely grinding that and he's probably gonna be the best we've seen him when it comes to the ground. Yeah. Well yeah, we've seen like Adesanya's proved that he's got sick ground game and great takedown defense, the ability to get back up. Like, yeah, he's strong, long. He's like ideal for that weight, really. Absolutely ideal. 80% takedown defense for Adesanya across his career. Yeah. Um, and that includes the Yan fight as well. Um, so it's one like I say, it's one thing saying, Oh, yeah, I'm gonna take just take him down, and that's my way to win the fight, but it's definitely easier said than done. People sleep on on Izzy's ground game as well. Hardy Izzy's says, probably so. happy with that though, because he's got a long yeah, yeah. full sense of security, isn't he? Yeah, um, Whitaker's takedown defense 83, some of the best ever. That like, defense is... so maybe it won't go to the ground at all. Then, <laughs> statistically, they are very, very well matched. Actually, statistically, I know we're saying that they're well matched in terms of ability, but um, I think Whitaker lands slight high volume of strikes, I think 4.68 per minute to 3.94 to Adesanya. Adesanya is slightly more efficient, like with 50% strike success to 41%. Um, as Ross said, the takedown defense stats are very are very similar. Like statistically, they are both excellent. As that's kind of maybe an obvious thing to say, but they are very well matched. Even statistically, like, there was no clear like stat that pulled out of me. Like that's the difference between them. If that makes sense, there's not like yeah. one key stat where I'm like that's where Adesanya has 
the clear edge. Maybe it's the efficiency of the striking, like I say, for Adesanya, because that's one thing you can say about Izzy that doesn't throw anything for, for no reason. Like, he's very efficient. Everything's calculated and, and timed, and yeah. it's, it's got thought behind. He picks his punches. He's not a wild, a wild striker, is he? Who's your pick, then? Who's your pick? Ross, do you want to pick this one up first? Yeah, well, I think Izzy's going to take it, but I would like to see a Whitaker decision. And I'd like to see it that much that I'm putting a bet four to one on Whitaker decision. Oh, okay. I, think it's, I know it's out there and I know... So you're I betting with your think, heart. I think, yeah, but, uh, yeah, as I say, I think Izzy will probably win, but... Yeah, like, I've I'll probably go the exactly opposite way to you, to be honest. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. I just thought four to one for someone that's been grinding their arse off at summit for, like, two years straight at least. Um. It is, what do you think? it is quite unlikely, though, I do think. But I've also got Izzy on a different accumulator, so it's one of them. Have you gone distance as well, George, to go the distance? Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I think the, yeah. the, that's why I think the fight will go like, because I think Whitaker's going to come out, he said, a lot more cautious, so he's not going to run into that punch like he did last time. And it'll probably end up being a bit of a striking battle with a bit of a few, few scrambles thrown in there, like reminiscent of the, the scrambles he had with Gaslin, where it was like pretty quick, high-paced stuff. I think he's probably going to go similar to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like Whitaker will come out not like more countery. Like, yeah, I think he could win a round or two as well. I think yeah, he could, so might, he could definitely win a round. Quite a slow pace, like chess match. You know, like you said, with a few shoots here and there. Maybe for the first round or two, but I reckon it'll pick up as it goes on. Yeah, I think it'll start. I think it'll start slow. That was my thoughts. Is that Whitaker needs to be more reserved than he was in the first fight in terms of jumping into the pocket. Um, particularly early on, because he just got pieced up in that first round and there was never going to be a way back from that once he'd got taken so much damage. Um, and also, like we mentioned, Adesanya's just become so much calmer in his fights. He doesn't rush looking for a finish anymore. Like He'll happily wait for the fight to come to him. Um, five of his last seven fights, Adesanya, um, have gone the distance. A um, little over half of Whitaker's UFC appearances have gone the distance. Um, as well so uh, I was playing distance with that in mind thinking um, so I've gone Adesanya by decision because I think Whitaker yeah. could probably pick up a couple rounds but I think at least kind of 3-2 in rounds to Adesanya um, like I say some some wrestling situations that he's going to have to negotiate he's going to get taken down at some point um, he's going to be on his back at some point all of these things I think Izzy's going to have to overcome at some point but I think in the the big moments that matter in the fight, the big striking exchanges. Um, and yeah, let's say when he is on his back, I think he'll be able to scramble loose. So yeah, I'm going to easy by decision, but I think it'll be a good fight and a close fight. I couldn't yeah. agree more. I think he said that's what, that's my, that's what I'm going for as well. Is it decision? I might, I might actually put both on. Interesting uh, question. I'll put both on, mate. <laughs> Siri, Siri, Siri going for it. We're not having any more of this. Pick one. Pick one. Pick one. Both on if I want. Sit on, he's um, sitting on the fence and, Nah, covering. Fuck off, we've all done it. Um, I can actually see my, <laughs> my Whitaker one's actually boosted to five to one, so that's on the record. Do you stick him on the record? Do you stick him yeah. with that? That's you. All right, it's going in the spreadsheet then. What? You know what? Let me have one. If it, well, you've got to the end, like I say, you've got to the end of the pod to, to let me know. Sweet decision. As well. Cool. The co main event. And I say it every single week, but Uncle Dana loves to throw in a heavy. It wouldn't be 
a UFC pay-per-view card without a heavyweight banger on the main card. Ask for a more swanging banger than this one. There's, yeah, there's. I don't. It's rare that you get more swang and bang than Derek Lewis and Tai Tuivasa, or Tai Shuivasa as he's colloquially known now, um, in the heavyweights. Obviously, no fighter in UFC history has got more knockouts than Derek Lewis. Um, but interestingly, Lewis has got. 13 knockouts in 23 fights, um, which is 56.5% of his fights end by a knockout. Tied to Avassa, six knockouts in 10 UFC fights, so 60% knockout. So in percentage terms, Tied to Avassa is every bit as dangerous, if not slightly more, than Derek Lewis. Yeah, but then but the calibre of opponent has yeah, been... calibre, isn't it? Yeah. Derek Lewis's yeah. stats are all based on these top guys, isn't it? And... Tattoo Vassar, you're on about being a swanger and banger, obviously it will, but last few fights he's been a lot more like actually fighting, do you know what I mean? Not just like getting mm. in there and swinging. Because I think he that that punished him a bit quite a few times. And I think he lost one or two because of that. Um, so he's I think you say up. that, to be honest. I think like you might be right in the way that like he's going to be a lot more reserved yeah. in the way that he's fighting. Um, and we... I'm not saying it's going to happen, but we could. I don't know if Derek Lewis would let it happen, but we could be in store for another like Lewis and Garner kind of situation where they're both just like standoffish. I'm not sure I agree with Ross's determination that Tied to Avas has been more reserved in his recent fights. Go on then, back yourself up. Right, last one was round two against Augusta Sakai, but it was 20 seconds into round two. Previous win was against Greg Hardy, round one lasted just over a minute. Um, fight before that, Harry Hunsucker lasted less than a minute, just 50 seconds in round one. And then he knocked out Stefan Struve in uh, round one back at UFC 254. I think Ross Ross is trying to say is he's not like... He's just a more like uh, calm, collective fighter. Yeah, he's like, fighting he's, a lot, lot more like Obviously, he's still coming out explosive and like doing, yeah. you know, obviously getting them round oneers. Um, but yeah, he's just a bit more collective and like picks his shots a bit better, I think. And a bit more like got more better technique about him evolving this is obviously a massive opportunity though for, for him in it number 11 ranked gets an opportunity in the co-main event of a pay-per-view card against number three a man who's fought for the belt before fought for the interim belt recently what where does Ty go because we're obviously a little bit short of heavyweight contenders and I'll touch on that in a minute but where does Ty go after this if he gets a win does he go above Derek Lewis does he like surely not um, I could see him going above. Yeah, surely he does, though. But still getting a, a lower ranked guy because if he goes up to third, he can still get a lower ranked guy, and that'll be all right. Do you know what I mean? Because going from eleventh to third, like I wouldn't really expect him to get Stipe or Garn. I'd he expect him to get. Garnu. I didn't expect him like, to get like, like a uh, Curtis Blades or yeah, a, yeah, or like a Chris Dawkins or Rosenstrike. Something like yeah, that. Dawkins would be a good fight for him. Yeah, but then yeah, there's a lot of a lot of fights there for him. Um, but yeah, I think we mentioned that Derek ask. Lewis doesn't doesn't want to fight five rounds anymore. He said that recently, didn't he? He what said that name? so many times. He yeah, said he like he all five he? round fights. Yeah. And now Dane is insisting on just like feeding his heavyweight contenders to him. Does that make Derek Lewis as the most knockouts of all time, the most dangerous gatekeeper of all time? I think he's happy to be a gatekeeper, which is pretty unique. Um, 
So maybe he is because he's just comfortable there, like just like knocking people out every now and again. Maybe yeah, he loses a decision okay. or two here and there, but like most of the time he lands a bomb on him and knocks him out, so he's all right. And it just doesn't have to train too much for three rounds. Obviously, he has to train like his ass off, but compared to a five round. So yeah, he's probably quite content where he is, <laughs> just knocking heads out. Contender. Well, probably really do with one of these what? contenders. Number one, like, number one contender. <laughs> nice. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, nice. A little bit of wordplay. Um, but yeah, Dana needs to hope that one of them actually actually manages to beat him though. Because if he keeps feeding all of his all of his up and coming contenders to him and Derek Lewis just keeps knocking him out, then we're gonna end up with Having to get, yeah, put Derek Lewis back in the title fight again because there'll be no one else. Like, he's just knocked <laughs> yeah. out Chris, Dor- Chris Dorcas in round one, who's number seven. Um, he's already knocked out Curtis Blades, who's number four. I think he's beaten, has he beaten Volkov before? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was so getting beat like, like three rounds only and then just banged him in last second. Yeah, he dropped yeah. him, yeah. So, like, he's already beaten Marcin Tybora, who's on there. Like, it's kind of like if no one, none of them beat him, then. It becomes a pretty, yeah, like an, un- an unpassable gate. What is the mystery of Derek Lewis? Why is he? Why can he? Why is he win? He's got, he's got, he's <laughs> he got wins. bricks. He's got bricks yeah, in but, his hands, mate. Like, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but, yeah, bricks, yeah, but they do. Yeah, but what, how does he always land that one? That, he can lose a is, fight for most of it. Yeah, and just yeah. Land one. But he, a lot of heavyweights have got knockout power, but not all of them can carry knockout power throughout the course of a fight. Derek Lewis has proven time and time again that he can knock you out in the first round, or he yeah. can knock you out in the second round, or he can knock you out in the third round or the fourth round. Like you're never safe with him. Like if he lands that one shot, you will go to sleep. Like you sort of you sort of look at Derek Lewis. It's another point that I made in my notes. You sort of look at Derek Lewis, and people assume that he's one of those first round knockout artist but only five of his 13 knockouts in the UFC have come in round one and four of those five all came pre-2016 he's only got one what first round KO in the last five and a bit years so each of his previous 14 fights have all gone longer than a single round as well yeah so, he bides his time doesn't he it just seems like he goes right now I'm going to knock you out and then does it <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you not going to knock you out yet. Yeah. Not going to knock you out yet. Yeah. Okay, now I'm going to knock you out. And he just does it. Do you have a Do you have a favorite Derek Lewis knockout? I think it might I be think, the Blades one. Yeah, uh, mine's the Blades one because he just yeah. folds him up like a deck chair. Yeah, yeah Blades has been dominating the whole fight. And I remember being like, Blades is looking class here, and then just yeah, it does look good. Blades now it looks good. I think Volkov was my favorite knockout though. Just how he got he got banged to be fair for like all fight. Literally 14 minutes, 30 seconds, I think, and then he turned it on and just knocked him out. It was so, so mad to watch. So sick. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably give it that one. Yeah, fair enough. There's plenty to choose from, obviously. Um, like we said, most most KOs. Um, What's your picks? Then? What's, what, what picks have we got then? I want to hear everyone's picks. Well, because like I said, um, 40, all 14 of Derek Lewis's last fights have gone more than um, a single round before the Chris Dawkins fight. So I'm sort of going against the most recent form, but looking a bit deeper. So I picked out Derek Lewis to win in round two at 13 to two. Um, I looked at round one and that was very short. I think it was like 
even money potentially to, for him to win in round one, which I thought there's no way I'm taking that on. But yeah, 13 to two for round two. I also could have had a pop at round three potentially. Um, but I think Lewis wins by KOTKO. So I've got Lewis to win by KOTKO at 10 to 11 and Lewis to win round two at 13 to two. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I've got, uh, I, I'm, I'm taking Lewis to win uh, on that one. Outright or just in an or? No, I'm going to go for KO, TKO, but I've also got him in a bit of a combo. So we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I'm going That's for the KO victory, Lewis. Yeah, it's got to be. Unfortunately, there's no two to one. We said this before, Adam. They've learned the lessons. Um, after putting Lewis two to one knockout, so it's KO Chris Dorcas, mate. Outrageous. Playing at it's like when they put Match <laughs> underdog against Ortega, and Match was like, "Put your money on me, boys." <laughs> I will. Listen, I can't believe that this goes. This goes the distance. Like, surely this does not no. go the distance. Like, let's say everything points towards one of them going to sleep. Surely. Yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah, it's got gotta be really, hopefully. Anyway. But but like I said, it could turn into an Ungarnu Lewis sleeper where they're both like maybe they both can take bombs as well, because Toy Vasa can take bombs. So yeah. Um maybe like the thing would be like obviously Toy Vasa's got like really good power, but Ungarnu like, was formidable and feared for that power. So so is Lewis. Like I don't think Ty is on Ungarni's level when it comes to like respecting the power, if you know what I mean. He so, is very powerful though. Yeah, very yeah, of course. But like obviously Lewis and Ungarni and like Rosenstroke, these are all on the road, like a different plateau when it comes yeah. to power. Um but yeah, anyway, well, that's I think that's that. the co-main out of the event, isn't it? Yeah. The co-main yeah. done. Big one next, isn't it? Middleweight, we've talked about it kind of already, we've touched on it. Number three, Jared Cannonier taking on Derek Brunson. Uh, number four, quick run of the fight odds here. Jarek Cannonier is the favourite in this one at the minute, 10 to 7. It's mad to me that. Yeah, and me. Derek Brunson, three to two underdog at the minute, which surprises me considerably, and, and clearly you two as well. Yeah, 100%. Brunson's my favourite in this fight. I think Cannonier won't be able to handle the, the this, this wrestling Brunson that's that's around now. I think he's probably going to get wrestle fucked. <laughs> yeah, Brunson loves to go to decision and he's happy winning. Value points, and he's happy just like grinding and out pointing. Uh, I think that's probably what he'll do. I think he's better on the ground than Cannonier. Cannonier is very good though. Like got got a good ground game. Striking's explosive, powerful. Uh, definitely got better striking, I'd say. But we know how it, we know how it goes down with uh, with wrestlers. Cannonier's Cannonier's big for this weight as well, and he really he's big. He's a big one eighty five, isn't he? Obviously, he used to fight light heavy um, and came down uh, a couple of years ago, but he's still yeah. big for 185, isn't he? Is he coming off Whitaker? That was his last uh, fight. No, he beat Gastelum in his last fight. Well, yeah, uh, five rounder, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've both got the... I think it's definitely going to go to decision. Um, can't see... As I say, I feel like Brunson likes to just point, point it. He'll, he'll wrap up a submission every now and again if it's there, but he's more than happy and he's content just like just grinding him on, on the ground, and I think that's what he'll do. Um, you know, yeah, obviously, um, we mentioned before about, like, he's le- leaning on his wrestling now. Like I said before, like, two takedowns in 10 fights before the Adesanya fight, and then 19 in the five since. Yeah. Like, 
it's obvious that he's gone away and looked at it and said, you know, I fight better when I lean on my wrestling more. Yeah, I can and, I can I can beat these guys if yeah I'm right. And uh, yeah, obviously he's a former, it, yeah, he's a former three-time Division Two um, NCAA All American wrestler um, from the University of North Carolina, which um, they like the credentials are there. And I just think yeah, in his early UFC fights probably didn't lean on it enough like we've seen it with like you know like Gaethje for example you know how good a wrestler Gaethje is but their striking becomes that good that they're just they over rely on it and they don't realise that they don't they don't go to their base often enough I think since yeah. he started to do that like he's reeled off five wins in a row against Elias Theodori and Hensick uh, Edmund Shabozian which um, I think like obviously you know how good Edmund is on the ground and stuff yeah. um, Brunson again Kevin Holland and then Darren Till so he's got the run going um, he seems to have found his his style, his weight. Everything seems to be going well for him. Like I think momentum's in his way. I think that sort of I think counts against Cannonier a little bit in this one. He's been a bit stop start, you know, win loss, win loss. Like just doesn't have the same momentum that Brunson does. The same confidence. Yeah, um, I did rate Cannonier a lot, but I, th- I think Brunson will probably take it just because of this rest, just because the rest. In fact, he looks on fire a bit at the moment. I don't know if Cannonier is the guy to handle that. I don't know. That's how I see it. Yeah, as, as, yeah, I agree. I do rate Cannonier. Um, he's got some great striking, great stand-up. Um, but yeah, tell you what, Brunson's six UFC losses. Uh, he's got seven career losses, six in the UFC. It's not a bad list of names to have losses to. Lost twice to Jacare Souza, once to Yoel Romero, once to Robert Whitaker, once to Anderson Silva, and once to Israel Adesanya. So yeah, that's not yeah, the top like. <laughs> In the prime, especially even like Jacare was absolute killer back in the day. So creme de la creme, yeah. that's the the yeah. best. He's a bit of, of an underdog then in the whole division, realistically. Any Brunson, all things. Been around for so long as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, UFC debut was oh, well, it was Strikeforce technically, but June two thousand eleven. His first UFC fight was UFC one fifty five, December twenty twelve, um, and he's had what twenty three UFC fights since then. Like he's been around for a good long time, but. He's looked as good in the last two years as he's ever looked, hasn't he? Yeah, Charles Oliveira. That's what it's called. It's called pulling a Charles yeah. Oliveira. Yeah. Pulling yeah. a pulling a Brandon Moreno on us. <laughs> Brandon Moreno less so, I'd say, than, than like Charles or Brunson. Charles only 32, fucking hell. Yeah, he's been around for time though. Yeah, Brunson's like 38, so he's getting on. Yeah. But as you said, that that probably like sort of backs up your point about him having a couple of fights left because like he's pretty yeah. early for a fighter. Probably getting yeah, to, to be he's fair, time and he like he's been putting yeah. the work in. To be fair to him, constant to grind. Be fair. To be fair, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I've overall I've got Brunson to win on this fight. I think he's going to take the wrestling. Um, probably, probably win every round. I know that's put like bold prediction, but I just don't see Cannonier taking any like. Maybe catching him on coming in with the like if he charges in, but Brunson doesn't. He's adapted his game enough for me to think he's probably going to take this one. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I'm, I'm with Brunson here, Adam. Do we think distance is a player or not? Because yeah, I think I've, um, got, I've got it to go. Yeah, because yeah, interesting. Yeah. Brunson, ten of ten out of seventeen of Brunson's um, UFC wins have come by finish. Um, obviously the majority um, have come by finish. Five out of seven Canadiers. Um, UFC wins come by KO, TKO. Um, I think it's only what 
Brunson's total 23 UFC appearances, only eight have gone the distance. Um, it's like 35%. Well, five of Canada's 12, so that's 41% have gone the distance. So statistically, it yeah. points towards not going the distance. I think the stats are a bit misleading on this one, though, because what you've got is a traditional like wrestler versus striker kind of deal with this one. And um, usually what you see when the when those two worlds collide is like you usually see the wrestler dominate for like four to five rounds or three rounds, whatever it is. Yeah, with it only being three rounds, I think, um, yeah, I'm going that it will go the distance. Yeah, but yeah, three of um, three of Brunson's last five have gone the distance, um, and both of Canada's last two have gone the distance. So you could say, like, more, as the competition's got better, then they're sort of more likely um, to go the distance. Yeah. But I just thought it was interesting statistically. Um, yeah. My bet for this one is purely based on I think I like Jerry Canada, I think he's a good fighter, like we've said. Um, but for me, being able to get Derek Brunson at three to two, so 1.5 is too big a price just for an outright bet. He can win however he wants um, for that as well. So I think it's too big a price that for me. Um, so I'm going to take yeah. it on Derek Brunson to win outright at three to two. Yeah, and I'll join you on that one. Yeah. Cool. Any more yeah. bets for that one? Yeah, it's a good one, that one, Adam. Nice one. He took mine before, so cool. I'll take that. <laughs> Covering us off again as always. Picks Got to be done. Best bets. Standard. Well, well um, you took my stick you... bet before. So I'm yeah, getting did back. you treble? To be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think it's time to go for a break. Um, would you not say? Yeah, I'll take a good break. time for. Good time care. for I'll a break. One. And then when yeah, we come sure. back, we'll, we'll we'll cover over. We'll go over the rest of the fights uh, briefly, and then we'll talk about what. Um, whatever other bets we've got, what hackers and, and that we've got going on. And we are back for the final part of Oxconod's UFC 271 preview. We've done the top three fights so far, the main event being Israel Adesanya defending his middleweight belt against Robert the Reaper Whitaker in a rematch. Um, we've got Derek Lewis and Tai Tuavasa slugging it out at heavyweight, where the chances are one of them is going to sleep. And then we've got Jared Cannonier and Derek Brunson possibly competing for a shot at the winner of the main event as well. We've given our picks um, for that fight. We've got a few fights left to run through, starting with, let's do um, Bantamweight, my favourite division, um, Kyla Phillips and Marcelo Rojo, two unranked fighters. Um, getting an opportunity on the big card. Boys, what do we make of this one? And um, particularly Kyler Phillips, because he's one of those guys that I think UFC have got pretty big hopes for, um, Kyler Phillips. Um, so I'm interested to see what your take is on this one. Um, I didn't actually look into these two too much. I just focused on the main three. Um, mm. Yeah, if you've got something to say, then fucking say Big name bias. Pull from you, really, Ross. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's well, like I said, um, yes. from now on. <laughs> Ross goes, if you got something to say, just fucking say it. You're going to have to take the lead on this one, Adam. Fair enough, mate. Like I say, UFC have had pretty big hopes uh, for Kyle Phillips and came in. He's got a 9-2 um, record at the minute. The big win for him was against Ross's boy, Songy Dong. Um, but he's coming off a loss, right? 
He's coming off a loss to Ruin Paeva, who we saw not so long again, not so long ago, get starched by Sugar Shaw and O'Malley. Mm, we sure um, did. So interesting, but yeah, he, that was a, a split decision loss. So it was a close fight as well. Um, mm. Phillips did his thing with the wrestling, landed four takedowns, um, but Paeva um, just had like the bigger, he landed the bigger shots at the time and knocked down Phillips, uh, I think in round two, I think it was, um, and just edged that decision. But like I say it was a very close fight. But before that, Phillips would come into the UFC off the back of the contender series, um, strung together three consecutive wins, including that big one against, like I say, Song Yidong, who we all rate highly. I think he's going to be an excellent yeah, player in years to come. Um, as you yeah. rightly point out, bit of a, you know, bit of a, bit of a setback against Rulian Paeva in his last fight. But I feel like he's sort of being fed an, an easier matchup um, with Marcelo Rojo. It's only his second UFC appearance. Um, he lost his first one to Charles Jordan. He was knocked out. Um, in round three in that one. To be fair to Rojo, he's had three fights cancelled since that debut loss for various reasons, injuries to opponents, whatever. Different um, opponents. So he has, yeah, yeah, three different opponents as well. How lucky is that? That's so unlucky. How Leon Edwards look that? It's worse. Yeah, I mean, he is, bad. he's not no slouch, but he's been around, he's been around the block. Um, like I say, only his second fight in the UFC, um, but he's fought a lot in a South American um, organisations down the years. But on paper, Phillips has the advantage here, um, particularly on the ground. He's landed 11 takedowns his last four UFC appearances. He's got a brown, he's a jiu-jitsu brown belt under Carlson Gracie. Um, and yeah, the stats sort of point towards Phillips having the advantage on the ground. And to be honest, the stats kind of actually point to him having the advantage um, in the striking as well. So be interesting to see. I, don't, I haven't seen anything of, of Marcelo Rojo, so it's hard to comment too much on him. But um, I, I, I rate Ka- um, Kyler Phillips quite a lot. Um, 14, uh, sorry, three of his five UFC appearances have gone the distance um, and 50% of his win has come by decision. So that's the way I'd be looking probably this one rather than picking one outright because Phillips is a pretty short. Phillips is two to seven favourite in this one. Rojo quite a big seven to two outsider. Um, so there isn't a lot of value um, in betting Kyler Phillips outright, but I've gone distance on an acker with them because like I say, three of Phillips, um, three out of five um, Phillips UFC appearances have gone the distance and 14 out of 16 of Rojo's professional wins, um, eight, 87% have come um, via decision. Um, so for me, I'm pointing distance um, for this one. I'm going over 2.5 rounds um, in this one. Is are you officially going fair? over that? Are you officially going over 2.5 rounds for that one on the board? So I've just, I'm checking my, my bet slip because I'm good at... Yeah, good I mean, me. to you be fair, though, to be fair, though, a lot of Rojo's fights have got gone to... Like KO or TKO, uh, or, or well, finish. Yeah, you're right. So that's why I've gone. Yeah, that's why I've gone yeah. under looking at my bets because, um, yeah, like you say, Phillips is a, is more of a finisher. I think only twelve percent of his UFC fights, of his career fights, sorry, have gone the distance. Yeah, one um, of them's a finisher, one of them's not. So it's a, it's a weird one. 
Roll yeah, seventy-two to win, I think. Yeah, big big price. I think only on that and on the main card and the the prelims. I think only Roxanne Madaferi is a bigger outsider um, than Marcelo Rojo um, in this one. So it will be fairly big surprise to see him win here. Like I said, only his second UFC appearance, but has fought um, with a sort of a, a modest sixteen and eight record and like various organizations so it's not like he's coming in you know with a massive amount of momentum and, and like you know he's not an unbeaten prospect let's say he's had 24 career fights and he's lost eight of them so i'd say phillips is the the brighter prospect in this one and, and the odds favoring him is probably fair so yeah i think phillips inside the distance of four to six is probably a good a good bet but i've gone under 2.5 rounds in this one in my acca which i can tell you about later Yes, I would like to hear about your accuracy. Surely, first. Ross, you've given me you've got some you've got some thoughts on Bobby Green and Nasrat has Hakparast because they're both favourites of the show. We talked about them. I think um, you'll find the four, Ross said. I prepared for the top three. So I thought this would be the fight you were most looking forward to on the whole card, Ross. Nah, nah, I can see you, can see why it's gonna be disrespect. To Bobby Green and Nazrat Hatprast coming from yeah, it's not going to be better than like fucking Adesanya Whitaker though. I'm not more hyped for Bobby Green and Nazrat than them two. <laughs> no disrespect to them, but um, no, nah, yeah, Bobby Shameful. Green's looking looking pretty mint recently, isn't he? Uh, obviously, I he's an absolute I, veteran as well. I had no idea. Oh, yeah, yeah, this one. Oh yeah, Bobby Green's been there, done that, mate. Bobby Green's shoulder roll is a fucking move. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, he's had 39 career fights. I just didn't know he'd, he'd yeah, be he's in the been game the that block. long. Yeah, he's always he's had, had a proper resurgence though, of all time. Westy's been <laughs> of all time. Legend in the game though, and Nazrat Akpress is an exciting guy as well. So it should be a good, should be a good scrap that because Bobby Green's actually looked decent. Um, yeah, he's recently. powerful and like rapid, and what he did to Ayakwinta was just like made yeah. him, like fucking. Rookie, didn't he? Yeah, nothing to be scoffed at. Bobby Green, he's a he's a he's a veteran and a hard one at that. The Nate Diaz type. And it's quite hard to judge this one though, isn't it? Like in terms of where each other are at relative to one another, because it's quite hard. Yeah, to, like you say, Bobby Green wasn't against, very impressive against Hooker. Against was Hooker. No, no his last fight, and it wasn't even wasn't that long ago either. Like I say, and. Um, it's hard to like judge where where Green is in 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 reference to Hakprast as well. Because I say Green had back to back losses to Moises and and Fiziev, um, who are both tough tough guys. But then he got an impressive win against Alaquinta, like you say. But where does that put him against a guy um, in Hakprast who, like you say, outclassed by Dan Hooker really in his last fight when he like an outclass is probably a fair way. Um, to put it like Hooker sort of beat him in all departments, didn't he? He outstruck him, out wrestled him, yeah. did some great clinch work. Um, like his biggest win is Rafa Garcia. So it's kind of yeah. like where do you where do you place these two? The bookies finding it reasonably hard as well. Uh, Bobby Green's the three to four favorite in this one. Hat I would say the, five the to Green's four. my favorite to, to win it as well. To be honest with you. Um, I don't know though. We were bigging up Hack Press last time we spoke about him, but he didn't really bring anything to the table against Dan Hooker. But they're the kind of fights that you lose from as well. So maybe, maybe he will. But I know, I know what Green's got in him, and he's got a bit of a dog in him, isn't he? So I could probably see him taking this. I'd say that the favourite's probably the Bobby Green, and that that makes a lot of sense. 
I haven't really put any bets on this one though because I feel like yeah, I'm a bit decision monsters these two as well um, 75% of Nasrat's UFC appearances have gone the distance with four of his six wins um, coming by a decision um, 16 out of 23 of Bobby Green's UFC appearances have gone the distance with eight out of his last 13 fights coming by a decision so that's the way I'd be looking if you're going to play with this one is to go you know fight will go the distance plus 2.5 rounds um, I've got an over rounds Acker. Um, I've got this in plus 2.5 rounds, which I can tell you the full Acker now, because I think we've been through almost all the fights in in, in the Acker. I've got um, Casey O'Neill and Roxanne Madaferi, who are further down the card. The reason I'd put this one on is um, all eight of Madaferi's last eight fights have gone the distance, and 10 yeah. of 13 UFC appearances in total um, have gone the distance. So... Those stats are yeah. pretty big. I'd say. I would, so look at O'Neill though. O'Neill has been finishing people. Yeah, yeah. she's a dog, Casey O'Neill, man. That's what I, I mean. Know. I was making the point to Ross before that, like, yeah, she, if you look at her, if you look at, um, if you look at the, the the like the people she's been getting decisions with, um, then like they're not like knockout artists, but I feel like Casey O'Neill is coming in as a bit of like a. She's gonna be the one to knock her out. That's why I think. I think that. I think that's gonna happen personally. Yeah, um, it's weird. Saying, it's worth, just... putting, worth putting your money on it if you feel that strongly, George. Yeah, I know it is. I know it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, at, you look at Casey O'Neill's record. She's been like she took a few decision like victories on her way up, um, and then once she's got to the UFC, she's finished them all. <laughs> so she's like she's turned it up once she's got to the UFC. Yeah. But uh, last three, what three wins? And obviously, the last one was Antonina Shevchenko as well, which is yeah. fairly decent form. Um, yeah, she knocked she got, her out, yeah, and exactly. then she got a, um, a rear naked prior to that, and then before that, she got another knockout, and that that's all. What a great name, Laura Propocopio. She got the rear naked on as well, which is a fantastic name. Yeah, I was so, saying, I was saying, Roxanne Modafferi is a sick name. Yeah, yeah, it's actually obviously Roxanne is a, a vet of the game. Um, I think this is what four, this is a forty-six career fight, yeah. and I believe a final one as well. I believe this is a retirement fight, which gave me that little extra impetus to go the distance because I think she's gonna, she's not gonna quit easy, she's not gonna tap easy, she's not gonna give up. It's gonna, she's gonna give it everything for a last yeah. fight. She's gonna want to go this out is big... on a high, at least see the bell. Tough that though, isn't it, for a retirement yeah. fight? Yeah, um, she's a decision machine though as well, isn't she? So it is hard. Yeah. It makes my like I said, eight eight in a row by decision is fairly significant statistically. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, this fight makes what my ACA really interesting. Let me tell mm. you. So, so I've got I've gone for the distance sort of spread again. So we've got Brunson Cannonier to go the distance, Lewis and Ty Tuivasa to not go the distance. Um uh Olofsky and Vereda to go the distance and just that on its own is 3.11 to one right and i'm thinking if i put casey o'neill and um and a fairy. to not go the distance it goes mm, that'd be big one goes up to nine yeah, i was gonna one. say um, and be if, big if that, i put yeah. them on to go the distance it goes up to five points summit to one five point eleven i think so and i've I'm got like, similar i've got casey o'neill and roxanne mad to go the distance Bobby Green and Nazrat Hakbaras to go the distance. 
I've got Phillips against Rojo not to go the distance and Lewis against Tuavasa not to go the distance. It's actually plus and minus 2.5 rounds, but basically the same thing. Yeah. Well, actually, it won't be the same thing if one of them gets knocked out seven minutes and yeah, no. 31 seconds into it. So, um, yeah, but that's me. That's 3.41 to 1 for that fourfold on the over-unders, which I've had a bit of success with in, in recent months. So I'm sticking with that for this one. Yeah, nice. I'm I'm really undecided what to do. Like they both they both pull me each direction. Like Roxanne is a decision machine, like we said, but then Casey is she goes the distance with like tough, tough girls as well. Like she went the distance with Talia Santos and Vivian Arujo, Laura Murphy, Jennifer Meyer, Sajara Eubanks. Like she went the distance with all of them and lost to all of them, but didn't get KO'd. Like I think that's fairly Yeah, but how, how many of them are, like, actual fucking knockout artists like Casey's? Um, it's not, Talia's, not, not really. No. Um, none of them, really, to be honest with you. <laughs> There's not that many knockout artists in no. the women's division, really, is there? Let's it's really tough. I don't know whether to just not be greedy at all and just leave it, stay on 3.11, or... Yeah, one of the others. Like, yeah, on three point eleven, it's a slow build over the season. Ross, make yourself make a smart choice. This is the guy who was talking about hundred and fifty to one bets. Uh, well, I, I'm going to take that. Oh yeah, <laughs> I thought you might. Also, yeah. slow and steady, and all that. Hundred to one. Adesanya, Lewis, and Canineer all to win by decision. Just a shot in the dark one. If that comes in, fucking, I'm up to going on to king of all time. So. Anyone have any strong feelings about Alex Perez and Matt Schnell um, at flyweight? Because another good fight. Um, Alex Perez's um, last fight was against Davison Figueredo, but before that, got decent wins against like um, Hussia Formiga and, and people like that. Um, Matt Schnell, again, um, been around for a while, um, got a few decent wins, but also yeah, had a no contest with Rogerio Bonterin, who we've seen recently. Um, and also lost to Alejandro Pantoja um, a few years ago. Got a decent win against Jordan Espinosa. Uh, it was a decent fight. Perez is uh, 27 to 100 favourite. So, like, what, three to 10, basically. Um, and Schnell, three to one underdogs. It's a fairly big price on this one because I don't think it's, it's yeah, a dead set in Perez's favour, maybe. But um, yeah, don't know if you got any strong feelings about this one. Take a bet on this one, but I think it's a decent fight. Um, again, it could be one you look for a finish on in this one, or maybe unders. Um, Schnell's only been the distance three times in the UFC out of nine fights, so like what 33%, only two out of eight for Perez, so 25% for him. So, statistically, that points towards um, a finish for either, either side of him. Perez um, has got three submission wins in the UFC, he's also got some a couple of KO wins, so he can win. Um, via either either method. So if I was going to put a bet, I'd probably go Alex Perez inside the distance on this one. But I'm it's not an official bet. It's maybe just a thought. Yeah, yeah. I, I've made a decision that I'm going for a, the the Casey O'Neill fight to go the distance. Okay, nice. Yeah, she's had, with the Casey's had a few decision wins in a in a career, and obviously Roxanne has had majority. Um, so yeah, that's bringing that record to 5.38 to one. So I'm happy with that. I see. Yeah, so I guess one comes in and then I can fucking. You what? <laughs> oh, we... One comes in, 100 to one comes in. I can uh, piss off to 
We all can we run through our full list. Have you have you nailed down all your bets down, Ross? No, no, I've got a few that I've not said. I think. Um, yeah, going back to the Whitaker right. decision, I know you both pulled your face, and I can appreciate why, but I'm sticking with it because when I thought Cater was going to win, I let you talk me out of it, and he and it came. Yeah, in. you did. Yeah, yeah. But I'm since then. I've said I'm sticking with my gut, and. Um, not that it's actually a gut feeling because I do think Izzy will probably win, but you see my point. Like I'm, I'm, like I'm sticking with what I've, what I think. You know what I mean? So sticking, yeah, I'm sticking, sticking with, with your heart. In yeah, sense. my heart. You think, my Bob, heart. You yeah. think Bobby Knox is going to win? You're stubbornly you sticking with the first thing you said. Whitaker decision at four to one. We've also got Lewis Brunson and Izzy all to win at four point two two to one. Brunson to win. That I found all myself at thirteen to ten. <laughs> Lewis and Izzy both to win via KOTKO DQ four to one. That's my five. Nice five bets in total for Ross. So 50 units at play. I believe Ross, you are the current leader in the Octagon odds states. Um oh, none yeah. of us are in the profit, but um <laughs> Ross is Ross is the closest, and I'm the furthest away, George. Um, you are shortly behind Ross. I think about five pounds behind him. I don't have the sheet in front of me, FYI. Yeah. Give me your bets. What's your give me your full run through? So we'll start off with Adesanya Lewis and Canyonier all to win by decision 100 to one. Um please that comes uh, in. Game over. Game over. Done for game over. I can just see it coming in as well. Do you know what I mean? It's it's yeah, one yeah. of them. I can feel it. I can I'm feel it. Most of like that, yeah. it's probably Cannonier. Yeah, I know, I know, but it's just like Cannonier shows up on the night and do you know what I mean? Drags it out, but actually wins a few more rounds than that. Yeah. Adesanya, Lewis, and Lewis and um, Taivasa have that boring fight, which I was talking about that they might have. And Adesanya and Wake goes the distance, neither of them could finish each other, but Adesanya wins in decision, and man's got one, that 100 to 1. Bet in, do you know what I mean? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with that just as in pure hope. Yeah. Um, and then who else have I got? Let me have a look at my thingy. Uh, I have my. You have Lewis Brunson easy to win. Yeah. Yeah. Lewis Brunson. Where the fuck is it all gone? Lewis Brunson and easy to win. Um, and then did I? I think I had Brunson decision. Brunson yeah, decision. yeah, we all put that on, yeah, yeah. And then I, I was thinking Brunson to win that round. I was weighing, I, I was oh, weighing yeah, up, uh, yeah. I was weighing up a Ro, Rojo, um, finish. Don't put Rojo finish on, I beg, uh, <laughs> just because of that. No, I was weighing up a um. Casey O'Neill finish, right? Yeah, I was waiting oh, for right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's probably a better bet than Marcelo yeah. Rojo, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was waiting up a Casey O'Neill finish. Um uh, KO, but I'm actually not sure the odds on that because I've not wrote it down. Do you know it off? I can I certainly have a look at you. Um so you got Casey O'Neill O'Neill by KO. Um yeah, feel free to go through the rest right. of them. Uh, I'm on it here by KO three to one. Yeah, so I'll take oh, Casey O'Neill. That was by it, KO right? Yeah, well. nice. Yeah. I'll take O'Neill by KO, and yeah, then right, that's man. me. I believe that's me. I mean, I mean, I've gone, gone for it. Four, four or five, George. Oh, did I get Adesanya? Um, I did get. Did I get a single in Adesanya in there? I think you told me Adesanya by decision at nine to yes, four I did. earlier. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. So five bets for you in total, then. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five for us, five for you. I've gone for it this week. I've got some ground to make up on the two of you. I've got seven <laughs> bets this week. Four single plays, three accumulators. Single plays, Adesanya to win by decision, we've already talked about. Lewis to win by KO, TKO. Brunson to win outright, doesn't matter how he does it. Could win it by DQ for all I care. Derek Brunson to win. I, I got it on earlier this week at three to two. I believe, Ross, you saw it at 13 to 10 on William Hill at the minute. Yeah, William Hill up. Shop around, I reckon you'll be getting a bit of extra value on, on that at the minute. But yeah, like I say, too big a price to, to miss out on Derek Brunson as the underdog in this one with all the momentum. And I'm going Derek Lewis to win in round two at 13 to two, um, just in case. Um, and then multiple wise, um, we've mentioned the over unders one already. Casey O'Neill, Roxanne Madaferi, and uh, Bobby Green, Nazrat Hatkarast, plus 2.5 rounds. Um, Kyla Phillips, Marcelo Rojo, Derek Lewis, tied to Avassa under 2.5 rounds is 3.4 to 1. And then I've gone for the same treble as you two both, which is Adesanya, Lewis, Brunson treble, which is, I got it at 4 to 1, um, slightly less. I think you got it at 4.2. And then my big acker, which, hear this one out, boys. Don't know what you think as a potential eightfold. As eightfolds go, 26 to 1. Alex Perez to win. Andrea Lovsky to win, Casey O'Neill to win, Bobby Green to win, Derek Brunson to win, Derek Lewis to win, and Israel Adesanya to win at like 26 it. to 1. I like it. It's a real good one, Matt. I, can I mean, it's bound to, go, bound to go wrong at some point. <clears throat> and knowing my luck, seven out of eight will come in and it'll be Perez, the first one that loses, so it'll never actually get yeah. going or something. But... Yeah. Um, it like that's who I think is going to win those eight fights. So I just stuck them all in twenty six to one. Yeah, it's um, nice that. Yeah. sounds pretty promising. That's working. He's working to get back in. In there, I need some big wins to get back, and we've got a, small, a few small ones to cover us off, and a couple of big ones hopefully to to land us a nice bit of profit. Um, so yeah, I think that's it, boys. That's all our bets. Um, obviously, I'm inclined to remind everyone to yourselves included, to gamble responsibly, and remember that yeah, betting is a, a fun pastime. That we, that it's not, you know, don't need to bet too much money. Don't bet anything that you cannot afford to lose. Um, and that's it, boys, I guess. Uh, remember to follow us on socials, Octagon underscore odds on Twitter and Instagram, Octagon odds on Facebook. And if you enjoyed the show, let us know in the comments, uh, wherever you're listening, SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify. Um, it helps other people find the show, helps word get around about how good the podcast is and how excellent our bets are, even if we are all in the negative. So, yeah, I think that's it, boys. UFC 271, enjoy <laughs> it. Any final words, Hardy? I'm hoping maybe you've already got a fact ready. You want a fact of the day, do you? Well, I always want fact today. That's the whole reason we come. Do you know what? Ever since I said fact of you the day, do every week. And I completely forget to do it, so... Like one second, lad. Just give me a second. All right, okay. <laughs> Let's pull a fact out of Hardy's fact bag. Okay. Uh oh, Google. Fact bag. That's not what I thought you were going to say for a uh, second, lad. Okay, let's find a good one first. All right. Okay. Just hold just hold on. This is the worst <laughs> ending. I promise, I promise next week I'll come prepared. Okay. The severed head of a sea slug can grow a whole new body. I think after the, uh, after the, uh, what was it? What was it? What was the, what was the guy called? After the name of that fucking American, he was called. He was called Dick something. Um, Dick Bong or something. 
Dick Bong after the Dick Bong Memorial Park. I think the facts went downhill, but I'll probably yes. prepare one prepare one for next week. I need to. Uh, get I'm going to keep putting putting you on the spot for your facts of the no, week. I appreciate that until they improve. Yeah. All right, boys. Good luck with your bets. I don't know where you'll be watching it, um, but enjoy it. I hope everyone else enjoys the show. Good luck to you all. Peace out. We'll see you next week for where are we? For Ziev and. Um, we are Fiziev and Dos Anjos next week as well. We'll be in we? the wake of the results of this weekend, which will be a big, some big old be on. We'll be able to talk about something amazing next week because it'll happen this weekend. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's going to be plenty of fun, and we'll we'll see you then, boys. I'll see you then as well. And yeah, yeah. peace out. See you Au